Anybody that follows me knows, A, I like wasting people's time, and B, what the back of my head looks like. to Comedian Ordinaire, episode 18. Um, kind of back to familiarities here. I know we had a lot of guests on pretty recently. Um, by a lot, I mean two. Two entire guests. Um, and a big thank you to Andrea for um, not getting upset, but also probably not listening to the last episode. You know, I, I had that recording saved from a while ago, and I was like, I like it too much. Let's just put it out. It was out. Didn't even ask. Just did it. So, yeah, anyways, huge thank you to that. Um, as always, just getting some things out of the way. All questions, comments, queries, and concerns, welcome at comedianordinaire at gmail.com. Got a lot to talk about today, so just going to dive right into it. Um, there's one thing that kind of bugs me about being a person. And like being alive and having to talk to other people and being awake. Fuck, what a depressing note. But there's one thing that kind of bugs me. You know when you're trying to get out of an activity, but the inviter doesn't comply? You know? Where you're like, no, I'm sorry, man, I can't go. Uh, my, my dog shot my grandma, and now my dog is locked up. And they're like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, I'll just swing by the courthouse and I'll pick you up. You're like, yeah, I know, but actually it's in Arizona. They're like, no, great. Like, I'll send a private jet out to Arizona. It'll pick you up. No problem. You're like, dude, let me cancel on you. Just let me cancel. That's really, that's all I wanted to talk about. Cool. Thanks for tuning in. Um, no, I just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer when you're trying to get out of something. I don't, like, do you ever try to get out of stuff? And you got to think of an excuse? Nobody wants to be honest, though. That's what it is. Nobody's like, I just don't like you, and I don't want to do that activity while you're there. I would rather not. Nobody just wants to say that. Coming up with excuses is half of life. Weaseling your way out of activities I think I think we do that more often than agreeing to do activities. Nah, sorry, I gotta go to King Supers. No, it's cool. I got a King Supers right at my house. You could just come on over. They just always got something, you know. When you have that persistent inviter. Nah, come on in. It's fine. I actually live in a King Supers, so it kind of works. King Supers right by your house? Yeah, that's where I live. Come on in. Canceling plans is a lot of fun. It can be, anyways. Um, people don't like getting canceled on, though. I don't think anyone likes it. Actually, there was one time. I don't want to say who. <laughs> uh, no, there was one time when I had plans. You know, a friend and I had plans to go see other friends, and we didn't want to. 
we're like, oh, fuck, how do, what do we say exactly to get out of this? And then, boom, we get a text that's like, hey, we can't go. We're like, thank, thank you, Lord and Savior. I don't mean to get religious. You know when you get religious for like just a second and then you're like, all right, back to worshiping Satan. <laughs> it was great. I was like, I really want to cancel. And then they cancel first. Get the hell out of here. That's amazing. That's the best feeling in the entire world. Um, man, anyways. Anyways, I guess the plan that I wanted to cancel was talking today. Some days I don't necessarily feel like talking. And it's so funny that that day is today. I'm like, I got to get a podcast out soon. I don't really want to talk. Cool, I'll just talk for an hour straight then. How about that? What if I just do that? Um, this podcast, though, is doing pretty well. Um, listens have gone up significantly like what i've done in the past two weeks has taken me like three months to do so it's awesome to see it grow a little bit um and i got some exciting things in the works things that i'm excited to share uh i don't know how excited other people are that doesn't fucking matter i'm excited to share them um i finally you know i i got another comedian to be on the podcast as well um That'll be next week. I'm still getting that one together, but, you know, excited to put that out, share that, and, you know, get his story out there and also, like, promote what he's doing. And, you know, this is, it's the reason why I really started this thing. You know, aside from me learning how to do things, talk mostly when I don't want to, I've, I've, I just wanted to talk to comedians. You know, a weird fascination. I don't know what it is. Every open mic I've done while other comedians are there, those are the people that I love talking to afterwards. Like talking to comedians after a show or a mic is almost as enjoyable, if not more enjoyable, really, than actually doing the mic, regardless of how it goes. And I do feel like I'm getting a little bit better. Um, I want to count this like as year one of doing stand-up comedy, honestly. I don't know that I did more than like a handful of mics last year, but you know, I've got something to show for this year and it's strange. A lot of comedians that I talk to, I'm like, how many mics do you do a week? And they'll tell me, they're like, well, not as much as I'd like to. That's a very common answer that they're not doing and working as much as they want to. Um, and another thing that I've heard from comedians is that a lot of them take breaks. We're lazy by nature. I think we really are. We're just like trying to get out of things, so to speak. Weasel our way out of plans and activities. But life doesn't comply, so we have to make do. A lot of comedians I talk to are like, yeah, I took a break. I took like a six-month break. I just didn't do it or like, some comedians are like, I quit for an entire year, and then I finally went back. I, I hear a lot of that stuff, man. And I suppose that was me last year. I just wasn't taking it seriously. I would do them very sporadically, just when I, you know, because it's always in the back of my mind, but sometimes it would just 
sit there and simmer and it, it would start to flare up and I'd be like, I just, I need to go do it. And that's when I would go do it. And that's only when I would go do it. That was last year. Um, this year, you know, it's a little bit different and obviously I'm not working as hard as a lot of other comedians. Man, I see some people, I'm like, do you sleep? Do you have a job? How are you, how are you doing comedy 24 hours a goddamn day? How are you doing it? Everything they post is like, hey, I'm doing this, or like, I'm going to a show over here, why don't you come here? Crazy. And I believe I'll get there, and I'm trying not to get in that whole comparison thing that we all do now, but yeah, like a a whole ton of comedians um, take breaks, and a lot of them I don't think are working as hard as they'd like to. Not to call anybody out or talk shit. I just feel like it's a commonality between us. Um, But... This year has been a lot better, you know, doing this mic or doing this podcast has gotten me out of the house a lot more and it's so weird, like I do it and I sit at home, but in order to make this good and interesting, I need to leave my home, otherwise you will literally just hear me talking about things directly in front of me. You want to hear me talk about my Rubik's Cube for 40 minutes? Fuck no. Talk about all the hats I don't put away. I just got them sitting on my desk. Got an old fork that I used a couple weeks ago just looking at me. Probably don't want to hear me talk about that for 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, And I did a mic last week. And, man, it's, like, really puts puts it in perspective when I say that, like, I did one mic and talking to other comedians that are, like, yeah, my minimum is three a night. I like to do uh, two immediately when I get off of work and then one right at one thirty in the morning. That's kind of how I – I'm like, holy shit, dude. That's a lot. That's a whole ton. You're working so much. You know, and it was something I had talked about a little bit in my uh, interview with Kevin Moan. I'll say that. He was the comedian that I got on. I was just uh, – we talked about complacency and, you know, its place in comedy. And it's place in my life right now. But, you know, you'll hear all that next week. Right now, uh, I feel like what I really wanted to talk about, I think I offended somebody. I'm pretty sure I offended a woman at this mic that I did. And I didn't even know it. I had no idea. I was feeling um, like a lot of nerves, a little bit of anxiety before this mic. I just, you know... I planned to do it a little bit far out in advance, and I was like, no backing out. Just go do it, and I went and did it, and it's so weird, man. Like, all the material that I had rehearsed over and over and over, at least like 10 to 15 times, six and a half minutes, almost on the dot, like six minutes, 37 seconds, if I'm being exact, almost every time, and I go up and I do it, And I burned through all of it plus one more joke in five and a half minutes. And it's so weird how that works. You know, and yeah, I went back and listened to the recording. And I'm like, yeah, I'm talking kind of fast. And, you know, while I'm up there or while I was up there, it's just, it was moving so slow. It felt like it was moving slow. And I know I'm talking slow right now. I wish I would have been talking this slow during that mic. Didn't go poorly. I think I still did okay. The sign if I did okay is if I hear someone go, nice set. 
Like, if one person says that, I'm like, cool. Fucking great. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, anyways, I, I believe I offended a woman. And I'm saying that I didn't know I offended her. Like, you'll hear on the recording at the very end, um, she just shouts some garbage out that I didn't even... Like, right after I leave and I'm starting to sit down, uh, just shout it out. Like, a very late heckle. Didn't realize it was actually towards me. I, w- I was just, like, coming off a stage and the nerves were barely wearing off and I didn't... I wasn't paying attention. You know? And I was back in that classic bit of me talking about... I'm always like, oh, it's harder to be a guy than it is to be a girl. And I would hope that when people hear that, they hear the sarcasm because clearly I'm wrong. There's no doubt about it that being a woman is harder. But I like saying the other side, one, because who the fuck is going to argue that? Who's going to argue that being a man is harder? That's just, It's insane. Insane. Uh, and I don't think that she picked up on that. You know, I think... Um, and it happens to me a lot where people are like, I'm pretty sure he was serious. Like, no, why would he? There's no way he was. So she shouted some garbage out at the end. Uh, and it's so funny, like, as soon as I get off stage, um, the the host of the mic is like, oh, my God, please don't do that to the next comedian. I wish I would have had that recorded, but right when I got back to my table, I was just like, uh, unrecord or like stop recording so you can only hear her shout out um, and then like the, uh, the next comedian that went up called her out too like whoa really is that I don't know I didn't realize it and I hope she didn't get too offended but also it's a little bit strange that you would go to an open mic being really sensitive I just how do people not understand by now that sometimes comedy will not align with your beliefs? How, do, how does that concept still miss people? I'm not upset at it. I'm just baffled. I'm baffled that people will go to a comedy show knowing that people are going to joke around and that the funniest things to joke about are sensitive topics. They go there knowing that. Like, go just be a person at the mic. I don't know that I've ever like shouted shit out like, hey, give me attention. Just just look at the person who's talking. If it's funny, feel free to laugh. If it's not, you don't have to. If you strongly disagree with it, like this woman did, just like you don't have to let everybody know. And she let everybody know. And it was so awkward. It was very awkward. Like hearing that recording and then like putting the memory back together. You know, he's like, all right. The host is like, all right, everybody, that was Dan O. Give it up for him. And then she shouts out, and then, like, the claps stop, like, dead silent, dead silent. And it gets super awkward for, like, five seconds. And then the host is like, please don't do that to the next comedian. And it was, it was so awkward. Like, the energy of the room shifted, and we're all like, what the hell? Why would she even say that? I don't know. Very strange. I just... Yeah, I don't get I don't get people that are offended at comedy shows. I'm not even that offensive. That's the thing. 
Like, the very last thing I said might have been more offensive than what she got offended at. Like, the closer that I used was about domestic violence. That's brutal as shit. And it's just some goofy pun, you know? It's not like a laughing matter by any means, but, you know, it's just this little silly play on words. How would you not get offended at that and get offended at other things that I talked about? I don't know. And, like, if any, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard that bit before where I'm like, being a guy is hard. Oh, all we all we think about is sex. It's so tough. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not upset. I am I'm just baffled. It's a little bit wild. Um I should probably just play that set now so you can hear it. I'll play that set now. We'll get back into it. Um yeah, I'll stop talking about it so you can just hear it and then it'll all make sense. It'll all make sense. Here's that one. Awesome. Glad everyone. Very funny. Next comedian, also very funny. Give it up for Dan O, everybody. Give it up for him. Guys, thanks, guys. Um, I knew I was a terrible person when my girlfriend came up to me and she was like, hey, have you heard about the Amazon fire? I swear to God, I thought the next word she was going to say was sale. <laughs> like, reaching for my wallet. She's like, really? You're going to donate? I'm like, donate to what? Like, one day shipping? Is that what you're talking about? Have you guys heard that before? I don't know. Like, a lot of comedians here, right? I'd assume we have a lot yeah. of... Have you guys... I don't know. I always have this thing where, like, I think of something. I'm like, oh, my God, I hope no one else has thought of that. I need to go say it right now. I could go a lot of these open mics, and I saw this one girl, she had a great bit about stealing jokes. She was all, she was like, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't do it on second thought, but it was really good, but it was good. Um, I saw a homeless guy living out of his van, and I thought, why don't you just live in it instead? Problem solved. Um, I remember I told my family I wanted to do comedy. They were pretty supportive, but they were like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, I have no idea. They're like, just talk about what you know. Talk about what's true to you and what you know. And I'm like, you really think I can go up there and just talk about jerking off a bunch? They're like, well, no, probably not. But speaking of, beating around the bush sounds like masturbation done incorrectly. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people don't like when I talk about jerking off. I think those people need to go fuck themselves. Um, uh, what else? I'm not a big fan of pedophiles. I know, hot take, which... By the way, actually, did you know that's what it's called Like when they abduct a child? It's called a hot take? Fun fact, I know. I'm only mentioning this because I was up by the Park Meadows Mall area. It's this really high-end shopping center. In a span of like two hours, got three Amber Alerts. Three. My friend's like, dude, what does that mean? And I'm like, it means rich kids are easy, apparently. That's what that means. Just like dangle a dollar bill in front of them, just start waving them into your van. And I used to be able to spot pedophiles pretty easy. You could always be like, oh, that has a, the guy has a mustache. Or like, oh, he's bald and he's white. Pedophile. Bam. But I feel like they're a lot harder to spot now. I don't know. Really, that whole thing exists just so I could say I, I really want Park Meadows to mark their pedos. Uh, 
That's exactly what that's worth. Thank you. Uh, this guy that I work with came up to me and he was like, I hate racist people. I was like, why? He was like, because they're all black. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Are you for real? Like, I get it, but don't say that. Um, Actually, a bit of good news. I just became an uncle, and I'm really excited about that. Um, two years ago, but my baby niece is starting to talk, and she was trying to say the word bridge. Um, and you know how kids are. She was saying it, and she was all like, bitch-ass motherfucker. And I was like, whoa, oh my god, I don't know where she learned that. I have a clean set. Definitely didn't pick it up from me. <laughs> really quick, tell me if this is a good point. No, no, dude, okay, that's right, that's what we do. I love that the letter B in dumb is silent, like some things are just meant to be, you know what I mean? I think that one just feels right to me. Uh, I think being a guy is really hard too, despite what everyone thinks, I think being a guy is 100% more difficult than it is like to be a girl. And I've only ever been one of the two, but I feel like I know what I'm talking about because I'm a guy. And I'm not saying that being a woman is easy. I'm just saying that it's easier. Um, but like as a guy, you're born and you're obsessed with sex immediately, right? Straight out of the gate. We come out of the womb and we're like, mm, that was nice, how do I get back in there? And then we die. That's literally all they have planned for us. Like you ever get caught checking out a woman you didn't even know you were looking at her? Just kind of fell into your field of vision and now you gotta like apologize on your instincts behalf. She's like, this vagina would break you in half. I'm like, no, you're just showing so much cleavage. I have no idea, what am I not supposed to look? That'd be like if I said, hey, don't think about their color purple. What do you think about immediately? Tits, exactly. And that's my problem too. That's all I'm ever thinking about. Um, one last thing, I was watching Cops you know, the men and women of law enforcement. And this episode came on, and it was a domestic abuse episode, which isn't easy to talk about, but I'm gonna do it. Um, this officer was interviewing this guy, and he was like, why? Why do you think she hits you? And he was like, beats me. <laughs> All right, cool, that's my time, guys. Give it up for Jake, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that was that set. Not the worst set I've ever done. One of the fastest sets I've ever done. You know, I, I threw in like, I had an extra one like 30 second, 20 second joke memorized, ready to go in case, you know, like sometimes most mics, as you know, will give you like five minutes. This one I like because there's not a real time limit like don't be an asshole and be up there for like 15 minutes but if you want to go seven the host will let you go seven and that's awesome and I, I love that about the mic you know especially for someone who's still new to the game i'm gonna call myself an absolute rookie especially someone who's a rookie to the game you know it's nice to get a little bit more stage time and not have to wait like an hour and a half to go up and talk to people and this mic in particular was awesome. When I usually go, it's about, you know, 10 to 20 comics, give or take. I feel like this time it was like 20 to 30. There was a, a decent crowd there. 
You know, it was great to get that feedback. And I used that Amazon joke that I really liked um, from the last episode. And it did pretty well. It did okay. I was worried that, you know, since it's kind of current, to me it felt, I don't want to say easy, but it felt like somebody had thought of it. That was my fear. And I get that fear sometimes. When you think of a joke related to a current topic, you're like, I really hope no one's thought of this and that I'm the first one to say it. If I'm not, that would suck. It would, like, dude, it is my biggest fear to steal a joke unknowingly. Knowingly, I would never steal a joke. I would never tell somebody else's joke on stage. I've told other people's jokes, like, in passing. I'm like, hey, this is funny. I will always give credit, but I would, I would yeah, I can't imagine... The feeling of stealing a joke, getting caught stealing a joke. Oh, dude. I think I could ever do comedy again if I knowingly stole the joke. So that was my fear with that. But it went over pretty well. And I don't believe anyone has thought of it. So I'm glad I said it when I said it. Uh, oh, yeah. But like, like I said, at the very end, I don't know if you heard that woman shout out. She was like, I wish I could show my titties or something like that without getting ooed. I hardly even know what she said. I didn't know what she said while she said it or even immediately after she said it. The only thing in my mind, because I was a little bit nervous that night, was like, oh my God, there's half a cup of water at my table. Oh my God, there's half a cup of water at my table. I need to go drink that right now. And that I like, I rushed to go drink that water. I was like, fuck everything. I just need to drink this water. Come back down to earth a little bit. Get these nerves out the system. It's weird that the nerves will linger even after you've gone on stage. You know, and I I would like to get other comedians on and ask them if they still get nervous. I wonder what that's like because I, I've asked a couple guys and they're like, yeah, a little bit, but I think you need that. That's general consensus is that you need a little bit of those nerves to do well. Like I remember one time I thought I was going to kill. I'm like, I have this shit memorized. It's rehearsed to the very last breath. Like, I know every pause, every uh, uh. I had that all memorized. I was like, dude, this material is gold. I'm going to fucking kill. And I ate my balls for 10 minutes or however long I was on stage that day. I just, you know, I feel like you need a little bit of that. You need a little bit of... Is this going to work? Is this? Are they going to like it? Are they going to absolutely hate it? Just of that, where you're on the fence about it. I think uh, like confidence is a great thing in life, but overconfidence, especially in comedy, could kill a set. Not the crowd, it could kill the set. And so those nerves, I think, served me well uh, in this particular mic. I liked what I talked about. Um, you know, did I talk about new things? I, maybe. I still would like to do more mics. You know, there's a lot of things that I want to work out and uh, get together by the end of the year. I'd like to get a solid, like, 20 minutes or something um, and get that together. But, yeah, that woman shouting out at the end, it, it's so random. And I decided to keep it in. One, because I talked about it for goddamn 10 minutes and I need to start making sense. I can't just talk about shit that you don't know. 
But also, yeah, because it's been on my mind a little bit. And I, I've told this story before. I've only offended, like, one other person. It was a woman in Longmont who apparently didn't have an arm. And when I said this joke, by a show of hands, has anybody here ever lost an arm? Apparently, she hears that, gets offended, walks up out of the theater. Everybody sees her walk out. She's like the town favorite or something. I don't know why she was the favorite if she's so sensitive. And they're all like, we're going to follow her path. We're not going to laugh at you. Because you offended old, old one army there. Probably shouldn't call her that. Um, I think that's the only other time I've like offended somebody with a joke. It's wild. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's a little bit exciting. You know, as a comedian that started totally clean, didn't cuss on stage, oh man, until like April of this year, and I barely let like a shit fly, you know, I let my shit fly a little bit, it's the first time I ever cursed on stage, and I just said it at the very beginning, um, yeah, somebody who started clean and like for the first while just took pride in being clean and not using any curse words it's pretty exciting to have offended somebody gotta be honest and like i was talking about how do you not when i go i was watching a domestic violence episode of cops and it's about a man getting beat by his woman how how does that subject matter not offend you more than me bullshitting around and and being like, oh, guys want to look at her boobs. Oh, come on. Come on. I don't know. My only regret is, is leaving when I did. I wish I could have stayed a little bit longer. Talk to her. See if she heckled other people or see how the other comedians talked about her. I don't know. I have no idea if she was even that big of a deal. Just a lingering thing on the back of my mind. Like, I offended somebody. That's a bucket list thing. Hell yeah, you know? The set went okay. There was um one joke that I think that I went over too fast. And it'll very likely be in the next set that I put on the podcast. But I'm going to slow it down. It's the one where I'm like, my baby niece is learning to talk. I sped through that way too much i knew i was nervous when i was saying it and oh dude it just fell so flat but i believe the joke is funny i believe it's a funny thought i just need to reword something right in the middle i want to remember that i'm saying this i want to remember that i'm saying it's funny and it deserves a laugh because next week when i say it with perfect timing and it doesn't get a laugh i'm gonna be like oh maybe i'm just not that funny i have no idea um, man, that's, it was fun though. You know, I love going there. It's Denver Distillery on Broadway. That's every other Thursday. Hosted by Jake. Uh, that's, it's just like such a great little spot. I love that spot. I talk a lot about liking the Mutiny Cafe. That's an amazing room as well, but there's something about the Denver Distillery. I just, you know, that's one of my favorite mics, if not my favorite mic right now. So if any comedians are listening, go to that mic. It's so much fun. Jake's a great host. Um, they have great beer. 
They have a selection of food as well, so if you want to go and you're hungry, it's awesome. You know, bring people. There's enough room for people to watch. And Yeah, I don't know. Just an awesome place. Just a really cool place. And I, I saw a lot of comedians go up. It was the most comedians I'd seen at that mic. And I don't go there every single time that they run it, but it's just cool. It's cool to see a mic grow like that. Um... This one, uh, this is probably going to be a, a shorter episode, a shorter podcast. Not because I don't feel like talking. Definitely not because of that. Why would it be because of that? Um, yeah, anyways, that was that, Mike. There's so much to look forward to with this podcast, though. Like I said, I do have my first comedian guest coming on. Next week, I'm just putting that one together. I want to make sure it sounds okay. And, you know, just, a, a, again, a huge thank you to Kevin Moan, um, who hosts a show, what is it, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, 8.30 at Ogden Street South. Uh, it's lovely. It's right by, like, that Wash Park area. Amazing, Mike. Um, and, uh, sorry, it's not a mic. It's a showcase. So don't like go there expecting to be able to put your name on a list. Uh, there's there's a lot of thought going into it. It's a very thoughtful production and show put on. Uh, great food. And, and like they have new comedians every week. And it's great that all these comedians are coming together and helping each other out. I think that's awesome. Again, that episode's coming. Uh, I finally have a date set to record with the sati guys and talk about their coffee i cannot wait to get them on and that one will be really fun to edit and put together and, and share with you all and and yeah that's it I'm, i guess i gotta go do more mics and rehearse more stand-up so yeah just um thanks sincerely for listening you know, with how much this thing has grown in the past two weeks, I do feel a little bit guilty putting out an episode like this where I don't talk a lot. It's not super long, but I just, I want to be sincere in this one. And I, and I, you know, I want to thank you guys so much. You know, and anybody that's ever said, hey, my friend has a podcast, go listen to it. You mean the absolute world to me. That's the coolest shit that anyone could ever do for this. So, yeah, huge thanks to all of you. And, um... Yeah, I'm not going to hold you too much longer, so. So here's some outro music that I hope I don't get copyright stricken for in the future. Gang, gang.